Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're here on a beautiful fall day in Wilmington, Delaware, and we have a really exciting show today. We'll be talking about PRP. We'll be doing NFL Roundup. We want to welcome our sports director, Mr. Ray Ellis. Hey, Doc. How you doing there? I'm doing great, Ray. Well, uh, I heard you had a real interesting show, and you, you gave a little lead-in about Jerry Robinson and some of the things we were talking about uh, paralleling the military and uh, sports retirement. And uh, it's it's really great to have you on the show. Well, Doc, yeah, you know, and and, and that thing about uh, you know about the military and, and and of course sports, you know, that's that that's a marriage that's been there for years. Like I said, I I was uh, I I want to say studied football under the great Woody Hayes, who was a, a military veteran and you know a great leader, you know. And and so uh, although I didn't draw this parallel about the military when I was speaking about Peyton Manning. You know, certainly, and I wanted to ask you this question, you know, in terms of, you know, and you said this to me off the air, you know, you said Peyton as the leader uh, of that team, almost like a general going into the war and they lose their general. Well, somebody else has to step up. But in this particular case, you know, the, the leader still has the ability to lead from the sidelines. And, and I'm just thinking psychologically, you know, mentally, when we get ready for games, you know, you you feel the emotional, the adrenaline flowing, and you know when you're in that zone, and when you're not, you know when you're in like kind of a, a, a funk, and so I'm, you know, we call it non-terminology is a funk, but but is it a state of depression that the guys could actually be in that they've, and they've, they've accepted a losing attitude from this team that was such a great team, now all of a sudden they become accustomed to losing. Is is that like, you know, a, a short-term depression that they could be in? I mean, help me out. Help me figure this thing out with these coats. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a very interesting question. It's kind of a bit, you know, somewhat controversial. But it, when we study athletes and we study teams, they can become sad. They also can develop excessive adrenaline. We were talking about adrenaline off the air. And the problem with norepinephrine is it causes what we call a fight-or-flight response. And that's a primitive response. When we were going back to the old days, we were in the jungle, and somebody's coming after us, when a big bear is running after us, what it does is it allows us to run fast. But unfortunately, as far as thinking and performing well, we tend to have a little bit of the choke phenomenon. So I think part of it is losing in general. 
a team like the Colts losing Peyton Manning, who was such a luminary for so many years, and also uh, the fact that the team just can't win. And uh, you, you look at their quarterback, uh, Mr. Painter, who really you know has been a career backup, and you, you even look at the coach. You know, you look at Jim Caldwell on the sidelines, and he just looks beaten. So I think the team may have a collective melancholy, if you'd like, a depression. And one thing we've spoken about is the role of Peyton Manning going into the locker room. It, it basically let's win one for the Gipper, yes, and pumping him up, and also trying to give this young quarterback some some confidence. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Don. I, you even saw Donovan McNabb on the sideline encouraging his young quarterback. You know that, and Donovan was benched; he wasn't even hurt, and he was encouraging his quarterback. But 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 let me ask you this: you know, in terms of. Uh, you know, what's going on? Uh, is this a thing, you know, you hear so much about nowadays, guys. I remember, uh, I think it was Ron Artest gave a shout out one time, uh, when they won the national championship, I mean, when they won the NBA championship to his, uh, I think it's maybe his psychologist or psychiatrist. Is this a team that perhaps maybe could use the help of a, of a sports psychologist to come in and help them get out of this funk they're in? Well, I, I think that many teams do use sports psychologists, and many individual players have relationships with, with sports psychologists. In the field of golf, it's almost universal. That is, um, they have a golf teacher who works with technical aspects, and they have a sports psychologist. There's, a, there's Bob Rotella, Dr. Rotella, who's known to work with Phil Mickelson, Davis Love III, and um, that might be an interesting thing, you know, to try to bring it in and also to have these people share share their ideas, but there's nothing better for the psyche than winning. Yeah, and there you go. There. There's an old saying that losing begets losing. And uh, we saw it with the Phillies. You know, we saw it in game five of the, uh, of the series against the Cardinals. That whole team was pressing. Everybody was up at the plate. They were jumpy. Their adrenaline was flowing. They weren't patient. They were swinging at bad pitches. And you looked at the picture, you looked at Chris Carpenter for the Cardinals. He was calm. His heart rate was probably in the 60s. And he was basically toying with the Phillies that whole game. So psych- psychology, especially at the professional level, is, is, is so important. So I'm not sure that, that, a, that a, group, uh, a group therapy session for the Colts would necessarily help. But dealing with the individuals, particularly Curtis Painter, the quarterback who's lost his confidence, and only has a few split seconds to react, and, and he has—he can't really draw on any experience of winning. All he's been doing is losing. Jim Caldwell, you know, is a good coach, but yet he's still living in the shadows of Tony Dungy. And uh, it's really—I'd it, like to give you a very complete answer, but again, I have to—you know—I got to think about neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, and also the effect of winning on the psyche. Well, I'll tell you what, Doc. You know, you're you're getting pretty technical there with me now, but so I'm I'm going to tell you. Let, let let's just let's just keep it to 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 the football stuff if we could, <laughs> because that stuff's way over my head and and a lot of people out there listening to us. But let me let me switch gears and perhaps maybe we could bring it back, uh, perhaps maybe where we the layman could understand of what's going to help our team win or help our team lose. And psychologically, going into this weekend's game, I believe, for the Eagles and the Cowboys, there are two guys 
who their frame of mind has been a little fragile from time to time. That, of course, being the quarterbacks, Mike Vick and, uh, and, and of course, uh, uh, you know, Tony Romo down there in Dallas. And, uh, you know, Tony, of course, being in a position where, you know, his offensive coordinator and head coach are afraid to call plays because he doesn't want his quarterback to lose the game. And then uh, Mike Vick, you know, many times, you know, have played in a hostile environment and might even be at home. You know, he may feel more comfortable on the road than he does at times uh, at home because, again, some – the things that happened to him off the field but but psychologically you know going into this week against the Cowboys every Eagles fan there is wants the Eagles to beat the Cowboys uh, what's the mind frame around there in Philadelphia in terms of uh, the approach and everybody looking forward to this game coming up this weekend well uh, I think that you and I spoke before many of our diehard Eagles fans were, were on the fence about whether they wanted the team to win or lose because some of us feel that Andy Reid, that there's a certain time of expiration for a coach. Andy Reid's been here for 13 years, and uh, when they were 1-4, you know, they did win last week. They're 2-4. I think that this game is pivotal. If they win this game, they, they have games coming up against Chicago at home, and, uh, and they have some winnable games coming up. So diehard Eagle fan, for me, I'm now all in. I want them to keep winning. I, I really like Michael Vick's approach, even when he throws interceptions and he doesn't tend to blame the other people. Tony Romo, I think, uh, had one game where, where he played with a, uh, a separated shoulder, I believe, or, or, or actually it was broken ribs and, and a dropped lung. We spoke about that before. Yes. So that really, I think, was a threshold game for Tony Romo. And I think he really won his team over. So I think, you know, I have a lot of respect for Tony Robo and Michael Vick. Uh, Cowboys-Eagles is always a great rivalry. It's, it's Sunday night, it's 8.30, so some of the Eagles fans are going to be uh, preparing, so to speak, for the game for hours in advance. And I, I think it truly will be, uh, it'll be a great game to watch. Some of these games, you know, if the network will flex out, they'll, they'll pull it back. But here's one game you don't have to worry about them flexing out of uh, prime time. You notice Tony Romo, I don't think we'll be holding the ball for extra points. <laughs> no, I, I think those days are, are, are pretty much over for him. You know, he, he doesn't want, if he doesn't have to, I don't think he'd ever want to take another snap, you know, for an extra point. But I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys always put on a great, great match. It's always worth the price of admission. And, and I look forward to it. And, and I'm sure you and, and, and everybody else there in Philadelphia does as well. And, uh, uh, just go Eagles. That's it. Yeah, I'll be there in section 111. You touched. We, we just have a little bit of time left. I read an interesting article on ESPN.com by Chris Mortensen that stated with uh, at the Minnesota Vikings, some of the senior players felt that Donovan McNabb wasn't didn't fully know the playbook, was coming late for meetings, and uncharacteristically didn't look like he had his heart in it. They did make the change to Christian Ponder, who had some limited success with the Vikings. And um, in knowing McNabb, you know, having known him personally, uh, that's a little bit controversial. Usually, you know, you don't, you don't hear Chris Mortensen or John Clayton come out and say literally that the player is not prepared, doesn't know the playbook. And that was the same thing we heard about in Washington. And some of us blamed us, you know, Mike Shanahan's kind of a salty dog to say the least. What are your What are your thoughts about that coming out this week? Well, you know, one thing about it is when you when you get guys uh, that 
uh, you know, have they're, they're they're credible sources, you know. And when when Chris, you know, when he steps up and he says it, and he says he he's got it from some veteran players, you know, these aren't any rookies; they're some veteran players. Uh, you know, you got to think that there's something there, you know, and, 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 and I can just say this. Uh, I think there was, and I forget who it was, and I should know this, but I'm just going to throw it out. It was a guy I think might have been with the Saints this year, a backup center, a guy stepped in, you have been in the league for a while, and, you know, he just got tired of football. You know, Donovan's been playing football for a long time. And, and Donovan has been, uh, you know, the, the heel of a lot of shoes, a lot of good kicked a lot. Uh, and he's done some very good things. And, and it could just be that, you know, Donovan could be in a position whereas, okay, you know, guys, I'm not even sure I want to fight anymore. You know, you start off the season the way they did in Minnesota, and things kind of start going south on him. You know you got a quarterback to the team's already, the future of the, uh, of the team is already here in place. And and I don't know if it happened, but you know, he late to a couple meetings. That's I believe that's very uncharacteristic of Donovan, certainly of any quarterback. Quarterbacks, I, I don't think I've ever been around a quarterback who's been late for a meeting. You know, I, I I myself one time was in the emergency room all night long and told those people I had to get up off that bed and go to football practice because I was not going to be late. So that's just how you know people who are passionate about the game they approach it. So uh, you know I. I don't find the, the playbook part surprising, uh, and and I and I'm going to say that I uh, I'm going to add some credibility to uh, what Chris said because I believe he's a stand-up kind of guy and and he uh, there's no time or you know he doesn't want to damage his reputation in terms of him bringing uh, rumors you know to the airwaves. So it's probably some truth to that, and 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 I, I give credit to Leslie Frazier. You know, for for making the change, and now he's going to stick with it, and the future is uh, going to be playing for the Minnesota Vikings uh, the rest of this year and for many years to come. Well, uh, I appreciate that. You know, one thing, Ray, we never we don't shy away from controversy because I know how close you've been to the players and the NFL alumni, and uh, and again, we've all you know we've all had different experiences. I certainly had times where I've gone to one job and went to another, and I, I got a new lease on life, and. And Donovan, you know, certainly went through a lot emotionally, you know, with the, the T.O. situation here in Philly. And he, and he had, and when he was younger, it just seems he was very resilient. He led a lot of comebacks. But he certainly had a great career, the best, statistically the best quarterback the Eagles have ever had. But as always, the time, the time grows short. Uh, always great talking to you, Ray. I want the listeners to, uh, to stay tuned. We're going to have a two-part segment with Spencer the Wizard. We're going to do an NFL breakdown. We're also going to do a World Series update. And most importantly, we're going to talk about uh, platelet-rich plasma injections for joints. And that's really an exciting new treatment. So all you stay tuned. You'll get a nice mix of sports and medicine. Thank you so much, Ray. And we'll go right into the break. Thanks, Doc. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the second segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger and I practice sports medicine and neurology in the Philadelphia area. We have offices in Ridley Park and in Wilmington, Delaware, and soon to open an exciting office between Greenville and Hocassa, Delaware. In this segment, we're going to talk about PRP, which is called platelet-rich plasma therapy. The question I have for the listeners is, what do Heinz Ward Troy Palomano, Kobe Bryant, and Tiger Woods have in common? The answer is that all of these famous athletes, as well as hundreds of recreational athletes and about 20 professional soccer players, have undergone a new emerging treatment, which is called platelet-rich plasma therapy. I'll be referring to this as PRP. This technique involves injecting portions of a patient's own blood directly into an injured area, either into the tendon, into the joint, or the muscles. And this techniques, this technique, I should say, appears to help regenerate ligament and tendon fibers, essentially shortening rehab time and at times preventing surgery. But all too familiar recently is the utilization of PRP during surgery, that is, during joint surgery, to reduce the time for rehabilitation and to get the athlete back to the playing field. Let's talk about some of the examples in the field of sports, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of what exactly is PRP and what does it do. We warn you that, at times, this might be rather scientific and detailed, but as your host, we'll try to break it down for you. There's a Dr. Ella Tracci, who's the Los Angeles Dodgers team physician, and he performed this PRP surgery on the torn ulnar collateral ligament in the throwing elbow 
of Takashi Sato if the ulnar surgery would have been undertaken, Mr. Sayedo's season would have been over. The rehab would have been 10 to 14 months. Instead, he returned to pitch in September without pain. So, as doctors, what we do is we spin it out the patient's blood in something called a centrifuge. What we do is we concentrate the best and most important healing parts of the blood, that is the platelets and the growth factors. And we remove other parts of the blood, such as the red cells and white cells. We inject exactly where blood would not go. That is, we deliver the healing to the inside of joints or to tendons. Now, one thing last week you recall, we talked about Achilles tendon injuries. And why is the rehab so slow? Why is the recovery slow? It's because there's such a poor blood supply to the Achilles tendon. So just the way we are built, the way the human body is laid out, the tendons receive a poor blood supply. Therefore, the healing parts of the blood, the platelets and the growth factors, don't get into the area. So what this PRP does is it places a small amount of the patient's blood, maybe a teaspoon or two at most, and this is directly injected into the damaged areas. It appears that there is little chance for rejection or allergic reaction because the substance means that you're actually injecting blood from the patient's own body. In medicine, we call this autologous. Further, the procedure takes about 20 minutes, and there is a far less chance for infection, and this is an injection rather than a surgery. Let's look at the cost of surgery, orthopedic surgery versus the cost of PRP. An average orthopedic surgery, surgery costs between ten and $15,000. That's for anesthesia, surgery, operating room time, equipment. And the PRP typically costs anywhere between $1,500 and $2,000. So the advantage of PRP, potentially obviating a need for surgery, cost-effective, and less chance for infection, bleeding, and other side effects of surgery. You recall there was some controversy when Tiger Woods had his knee surgery and underwent PRP to accelerate his recovery. Some people made erroneous claims that this was somehow uh, essentially a synthetic performance-enhancing drug like Uh, like steroids or human growth factor, excuse me, or uh, HCG. However, let's be clear. The PRP does not enhance performance, and it only treats a local injury, and therefore should not be subject to any prohibitions. Many review articles that are emerging are suggesting that more and more professional athletes and recreational athletes are going to receive PRP. And this has been documented by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery. And there's also links in the literature to the American Academy of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, as well as the American Academy of Pain Management. As a neurologist, there is an explosion of usually small and somewhat anecdotal studies related to PRP, and what needs to be done, as with all emerging what we call nascent treatments, is for there to be a well-controlled 
study, randomized controlled study with a large enough database to yield statistically significant data as to the efficacy of PRP and the exact conditions which it should be utilized. Let's take a look at a few notable athletes who have undergone PRP. Cliff Lee, when he was playing for the Texas Rangers, had a series of abdominal strains and felt that the PRP accelerated his healing process. Steelers wide receiver Heinz Ward had the procedure of PRP in his knee, injected right into his synovium of his knee following the AFC Championship. He returned two weeks later and played in the Super Bowl. I think it really helped me, Heinz told the New York Times. The injury that I had was a severe injury, maybe a four- or six-week injury. I don't think anyone with a grade 2 MCL sprain gets back that fast. So here's a case where Heinz Ward believed that the PRP was helpful. Golfer Scott Verplank had the treatment in an injured left elbow and saw equivocal results. It did produce the results he was looking for, but it didn't worsen him at all. The New York Hospital NYU for Joint Diseases studied 30 amateur athletes and roughly 60% of the amateur athletes by Dr. Dennis Cardone, C-A-R-D-O-N-E, Cardone, believed that they improved and the doctor concurred. So in the field of medicine, 60% benefit is pretty good. So let's get down to the basic science. Why do we inject the platelets? Well, the platelets are the primary source of bioactive tissue growth factors, a whole whole host of them. And to list them, connective tissue growth factor, platelet-derived growth factor, TGF beta, epidermal growth factor, insulin growth factor, basic fibroblast, excuse me, fibroblast growth factor, not easy to say while you're whistling and eating crackers, and also vascular endothelial growth factors. Together, these compounds control and regulate the natural healing, and it's thought to accelerate the tissue repair processes. So this is thought to improve and rebuild the joint cartilage and strengthen injured ligaments and tendons. Tendons. This new collagen is naturally incorporated directly into your existing cartilage and ligaments. One of the downsides is that, like any new therapy, which isn't dirt cheap, the insurance companies typically balk at paying for them. They have to wait till compelling evidence emerges. So if you're a candidate for PRP, you're probably going to have to foot the bill yourself. The good news is it probably won't hurt you. It's your own blood, and if you can afford it, your doctor recommends it, it might be worth a try to go for PRP. It's fairly non-invasive. So let's summarize. PRP is a technique where components of your own blood are injected into certain tissues, either the tendons or the cartilage in thumbs, knees, or hips. Very popular for non-surgical repair of rotator cuff tears and particularly degenerative tears, just with aging. Well, there's a lot of attention on professional athletes who have received this treatment It's thought that the average weekend warrior would be a great candidate for this. There's a whole host of conditions, overuse syndromes, 
sports injuries, arthritic joints, partial tears of the rotator cuffs and uh, particular muscles and tendons around the elbow, such as the ulnar collateral ligaments, are being treated aggressively with PRP. In the upcoming week, I'll be personally attending a direct in-service on PRP where I'll be looking at the exact equipment and assessing the particulars of PRP as well as looking and doing a review of the PRP literature. So this is something we're certainly going to keep our eyes on. Stay tuned. Segments 3 and 4 will offer a detailed analysis of Week 7 of the NFL season as well as an update on the World Series. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in three minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, Back to the show. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. Week 7 in the NFL. The Giants and Eagles are dormant. They have a bye week. And here we are to break down the NFL with our analyst, Spencer the Wizard, is in the house. Well, Spence, let's jump right into it. What do you think about... Tim Tebow, it's a tale of two games, three quarters and then a fourth quarter. Well, thanks, Bruce. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure, as always. T- today, um, what a game. 
in Miami. No one would have thought that a Dolphins versus Broncos regular season game would be this dramatic, especially if you watched the first three and a half quarters of this game. Um, to tell you the truth, I was even wearing my Tim Tebow jersey. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tim Tebow, I'm not going to lie. Um, and I really wanted to see him do well. He's been patiently waiting his time. Um, and it, there was a lot of pressure for him today. You look at you look at the media, you look at ESPN, you look specifically to Merle Hodge and what he said um, in the summertime. He said Tebow doesn't have the arm strength, his throwing motion. More than just Merrill Hodge has said that. Pretty much half of America has said that, and most football analysts. So Tebow had a lot to prove on his plate today, and through three and a half quarters, the play calling was atrocious. They were calling runs on both first and second down, and the Dolphins' de- defensive line, which is actually pretty decent was stuffing the run on every play forcing Tim into third and long situations where he had trouble improvising and making plays and and Brandon Lloyd being gone didn't help the cause and the Dolphins were just motoring over the Broncos it was an embarrassing performance for their offense Tebow only threw for I think two yards and he just had nothing going and then suddenly you you caught a spark and it was the no huddle offense where Tim could get into a rhythm where he stood back in the shotgun and could make some quick throws and actually didn't have to worry about handing it off two out of three plays in a down situation so once they started clicking they scored the touchdown and then the pivotal play one of the most exciting plays of the season was Matt Prater's onside kick which they recovered and then we were all kneeling in the basement watching as Tim Tebow took his team down the field. A huge catch by the tight end, and he ran it into the end zone for the two-point conversion. Unbelievable clutchness by Tim Tebow in front of Urban Meyer. You couldn't have wrote a better story. And then Matt Prater, the GOAT. Everyone thought he would be a GOAT. He missed two field goals early on in the game. 52-yarder, you're like, are you kidding me? What are the chances that this guy, he can't even hit the broad side of a barn from 40 yards, is going to make a 52-yarder, and he takes it and he nails it? Just a, a miracle. What a game in Miami today. Well, certainly, it must have been a little unusual for Urban Meyer to be standing next to Mr. Ross, who's the owner of the Dolphins, and I'm sure rooting with every fiber in his body for Tib Tebow, the prodigy from the University of Florida, who came through. And uh, certainly, if you look at the uh, Dolphins Stadium today, or it's called the Sun Lake Stadium, the vast majority of the fans were wearing Tebow jerseys, and it seemed that it was a home game for the Broncos. We also have to mention our friend, former Philadelphia Eagles defensive back, Brian Dawkins, had two sacks, some amazing tackles, and really led the defense. And once Tebow started getting things rolling, the Denver defense really uh, picked it up. They, they made some very important uh, runs, run stops, and... It was certainly an excellent game. Looking around the league, a lot of, uh, you know, we, we have some blowouts, most notably the New Orleans Saints over the hapless Colts, 62 points, tying an NFL record. That is the most points tied 
going back to 1970 with five other teams, it's pretty hard to score more than 62 points in a game, really. There's not that, uh, there's only 60 minutes. Uh, the, the Colts defense really gave up. Jim Caldwell looks completely clueless out there. And it's amazing that a team devoid of one player, albeit Peyton Manning, could, uh, could be flopping so badly at 0-7. One thing about NFL football, it's always unpredictable. You, you feel like you really understand the team, and then sure enough, uh, they go into the toilet. The Oakland Raiders certainly would fulfill that category. They've been beastly. Their, their defense has been stout. And again, Jason Campbell went down with a clavicular fracture. They acquire Carson Palmer. He's only had a few snaps, doesn't even know his receivers. But we have... Kyle Bowler starting, and against the usually hapless Kansas City Chiefs at home in Oakland with the black and all the Halloween costumes out tonight, and you just expect that the Raiders would roll. But, Spencer, what really happened? The Chiefs, the Chiefs actually blew out the Raiders 28 to nothing. Kyle Bowler is not an NFL quarterback, and Carson Palmer right now is not. Um, I know Raiders fans are excited, um, and they're entitled to be. They're the best. They're one of the best fan bases in the NFL. Um, Raider Nation, uh, Al Davis, may he rest in peace. They got a great fan base in Oakland, and and everybody was getting excited about Carson Palmer. But the fact is, is that. In Cincinnati, he didn't win a playoff game. He was a, he's a, he's been a pretty good NFL quarterback. I don't know if I'd say he's worth the number one pick. I actually don't think he's worth the number one pick, but, um, you know, Carson Palmer, he can, he's a streaky guy. Um, he has decent arm strength and, and you know, um, in his prime, he could definitely be one of the top ten quarterbacks of that season, but, I'm just not sure about this whole Carson Palmer thing because he, he's just sat out a lot of the season. He hasn't been around the team. Um, and you look at it today, Darren McFadden wasn't on the field. He was hurt today. It, Darren McFadden is the X factor. Darren McFadden can lead this team to compete in the AFC West. If he's there, I believe that it will come down to a game or two between Oakland and the Chargers. But you look at Darren McFadden, he's not there. You also have to give credit to Kansas City. Their defense really stepped up today. Um, Matt Castle didn't play great today for two picks. But they're coming on pretty strong, and um, these Chiefs are gaining momentum. You still have to look at them in the rearview mirror. They did get off to an atrocious start, but, um, you know, that that's what I have to say about this game, and you never know in the NFL. Um, and, you know, Bruce, I, I want to talk about another game today and another important debut, which was Christian Ponder versus Green Bay. Well, certainly there's some talk in Minnesota some reports out of Minnesota suggest that Donovan McNabb might not have that much gas in the tank. There's reports that he, uh, he, he may be late for some practices. He may not entirely understand the playbook. And apparently the report is that some veterans on the Vikings really approached Coach Fraser. It, it stated that they were supportive of a change to Christian Palmer. Certainly the way the season started, this is a rebuilding year for the Vikings. And look at McNabb, you know, you, you look at last year 
with, uh, with Shanahan and the Redskins, and you think that Shanahan is a very opinionated coach and that obviously McNabb was in the doghouse. There is criticism that he didn't understand how to run a two-minute drill, and McNabb was benched in favor of Rex Grossman at the end of the year, which is very insulting to McNabb and his agent, Mr. Fletcher. Now this year, a whole new start with Leslie Fraser, big McNabb fan, former Eagles assistant coach, and you would think that McNabb had every chance to succeed in Minnesota. But the reports are that not only did he perform poorly on the field, he was late for meetings, he was poorly prepared, he didn't know the playbook, and it is said that McNabb's tenure as a starting quarterback in the NFL is over. And we turn our attention to the young buck, Christian Ponder. Christian Ponder balled today um, for, for a rookie. He, he, he was really slinging the rock. He, uh, he really didn't hold anything back. He, he was throwing the ball down the field versus one of the um, versus one of the best defenses in recent mem- memory um, in Green Bay with Clay Matthews and Charles Woodson, who actually picked off um, Ponder today. But Christian Ponder, you know, he's so young. Um, he really he doesn't have any pressure. He's just got um, that young guy syndrome. Like I'm, go- I'm gonna wail it, and whatever happens, happens. And and he's really he wasn't afraid, and he's really got nothing to lose because Minnesota right now is in the toughest division in football with the Lions, the upcoming Bears who are on a roll right now, and Green Bay. And, and Ponder really looked sharp. He was hitting his tight end Shanko a lot. Um, I know his stats, like his completion percentage, isn't good. Thirteen for 32 but to do that against Green Bay to have two touchdowns and to to throw for over 160 yards in your first game um, is a daunting task and I thought he performed well stay tuned it's a special show today we've got another segment breaking down the NFL we're also going to talk about the World Series up to game four so wait three minutes Get a snack and join us on Bruce the Sports Doc, Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. 
It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the final edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. Let's recap the day. We began in our first segment with our sports director, Ray Ellis, talking about the National Football League and focusing on various sports injuries and analysis. The second segment involves something called PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma injections. I would refer you back for certainly uh, a podcast if you didn't hear Section 2, because PRP is one of the most exciting new treatments. And people you know, Kobe Bryant, Tiger Woods, have received these treatments and remarkable cocktail of growth of natural, that is your own growth factors, as well as platelet and other serum factors that cause incredible healing in the joints. And so I'd refer you to that. And finally... Our segment three involved a discussion of the NFC today, week seven, a breakdown of Tim Tebow. We talked about a tale of two quarterbacks, Donovan McNabb setting in the sun, Christian Ponder, the young buck, returning to form, and as well as Drew Brees, five touchdown passes, 62 points for the New Orleans Saints. And what is happening with the Indianapolis Colts? They are certainly fading. So in this season, we've got winners and losers. As always, we have upsets. And the one we highlighted before was the blowout of the, the Oakland Raiders. There's an old saying in football, when you throw six interceptions, you usually don't win the game. Well, time to move into the Big Apple. And we have... The New York Jets with a big comeback, and it was orchestrated by Mark Sanchez, and one Plexico Burris with three touchdowns today, marking a full return from two years in prison. And we have our guest analyst, Spencer the Wizard, certainly very tuned into the Jets. And give us your analysis of Mr. Burris and how important this come behind come from behind victory was for the New York Football Jets. 
This win for the Jets could be a game changer for the season. You can go back and you can look at this one as being a huge game. Today you set the scene. The Jets are 3-3. Three and three. This is the crossroads. Do you either go to 3-4 and four in the division and get, and get another game back behind the idle Patriots and the idle Bills today? Both are rocking at 5-1 and one and 4-2 and two and both look like they're legitimate contenders, even in Buffalo where we're not used to be to saying that um, recently. So today was a huge day. Mark Sanchez has taken a lot of heat, and deservingly so. He hasn't performed. He hasn't been able to convert on third downs. Way too many three and outs, and their offense has stalled. The whole Derek Mason experiment didn't work. Brian Schottenheimer taking a lot of heat for his play calls. So today was a huge day. You look at San Diego, they got off to a big start. Um, they got a fumble return for a touchdown. Phillip Rivers was hitting gates. It was a 21 to 10 half. And then suddenly, the Jets ate their halftime, ate their halftime snacks and they got back to it in the third quarter. Um, with Dustin Keller getting involved, and kudos to Jeremy Curley. I mean, this kid out of TCU is fearless. He He's great out of the slot. He's fast, and he has great hands. This guy has has potential to be a very solid wide receiver for years to come. Him and Santonio Holmes should carry the load. But then you look at Plexico Burris, and with the hiring of Burris, you wanted a guy that could produce in the red zone, and finally today he did. Um, Sanchez and him are not even close to their potential that they could be. Still see a lot of... um, a lot of overthrows and, and their timing is still off because they've just been working together for one year. But today, at least they got on the board um, in the red zone. Sanchez just just very just very strong. I'm you know I'm impressed with him because he, he he was so focused today um, after having a subpar first half and throwing that interception and missing you know a couple passes. Um, he came back in the second half and just played brilliant, showing green on the running game. So the Jets' offense looked complete, but. You know, going back to the point about Burris, I actually still don't think this is a good fit for Plex. Because you look at Mark Sanchez, he's a guy that wants to get the ball out fast. Santonio Holmes, Braylon Edwards, Cotchery, Curley, I mean, these guys are all fast. They're all streakers. And you look at Burris, he needs time to develop his routes over the middle. He's also lost a step with with age and missing two years of football. Um, You look at um, Eli Manning. Um, in New York, he's not a guy that gets the ball out of his hand that quickly. Mark Sanchez is a three-step drop, boom, ball out of his hands guy. Um, so, so Burris, um, I'm still not sure if he's if he's great in fantasy football yet. Um, you know, even though he got these three touchdowns, I, I, personally, I don't think this this experiment is going to work out. But Today he today he did have a nice game in the red zone. Um, we're going to see if Burris can do well inside of the 20s in the following weeks to come. Well, for a moment, let's flip to the world of baseball before we complete the NFL roundup. We have a real battle of titans in the World Series. We are alternating games between the Cardinals and the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers with their back to the wall after getting blown out by the cards in the last game, three home runs by Albert Pulholtz. Try to say that while you're whistling and eating crackers. Got a beautiful performance by Derek Holland tonight. Shutout ball as the Texas Rangers 
beat the St. Louis Cardinals four to nothing and square the series going into Game Five tomorrow. So the series really has a little bit of everything. Certainly, Napoli, his big three-run blast blew it wide open in what was a one nothing pitcher's duel, and Holland made it to the end. And uh, in Texas, really showed some spirited cheering tonight. And it's anybody's game. So you can really look at the series, and you can see solid pitching and hitting, and the momentum has swung to that of the Texas Rangers. Spencer, give us your view of the series and your prediction. It all comes down to Game 5. Um, I believe in this 2-3-2 two, two, um, series format that they have for the World Series that that Texas has a big advantage. They're going to be playing in front of their home fans tomorrow, um, and they just need a nice pitching outing um, in Game 5. That, that's pretty much the key. Um, you look at St. Louis, they have a lot of fi- firepower. They have Albert Pujols, they have Molina, um, and they have some big-name guys on that roster. Um, so it, it really comes down to Game 5 for me, like in most of these series, because if, if, if the Cardinals win... <laughs> It, it, you know, in my opinion, it's it's pretty much turn out the lights because then you got um, two more games back in St. Louis. But if the Rangers can squeak it out, um, that then you then you go back to um, St. Louis and Game Six is your is your practice. Is it like a practice swing? You know, if you don't get it done in Game Six, you have Game Seven. But Game Six, really, you take your shot. You, you you really play for that gold. You play for that um, for that championship, and um, and St. Louis can't take it from you if you're up three two. Um, it, it's just pretty interesting um, and pretty ironic because the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat series went exactly this way, with Miami taking games one and three, and then the Texas team and da- the Dallas Mavericks taking games two and four. So it'd be pretty interesting, is if in two consecutive sports. In the NBA and the MLB, Dallas, Texas is on top of the world. And in the mecca of, um, of sports championships in the year 2011, if Texas can win the next two games, then those series would ironically be exactly the same results. Well, let's flash through some of the, uh, the other action in the NFL today. Uh, what we hear is uh, we take a snapshot into Guantanamo. You'll note that they're... Uh, they're terroristic. Uh, the way we're interrogating them is by making them watch the Cleveland-Seattle game. We find that w- watching the game, the, uh, the prisoners are giving up all kinds of information, and we're getting a lot of good information on, on Al-Qaeda and other things because the game is so boring, they'd rather be waterboarded or tortured with electrical devices on certain undercarriage areas. So that game, of course... Uh, 6-3, Cleveland over Seattle, and who cares? A scare today, Atlanta at Detroit. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, had uh, his ankle rolled over. I saw it as a uh, as a sports doc. Uh, we, we, we saw the ankle. We were worried about fracture, torn ligaments. He went back to the, uh, the locker room for x-rays that were negative and came back and finished the game. Uh, in a laugher, Houston over the hapl- uh, hapless Tennessee, 41-7. We already covered Miami and the Jets game. A spirited win by Chicago to, to stay in the game. Brian Urlacher with an interception. Tampa Bay with a lot of mistakes, losing at home, surprisingly, 24-18. to 18. 
Again, Cam Newton, exciting. The human highlight film, certainly running, throwing, precise passes. Very, very impressive win over the Washington Redskins. And a good defense, plenty of mistakes by Washington, arising a Carolina win, 33-20. to And Pittsburgh rolls on 32-20 to over Arizona. Not much to say about that. Dallas looking very good at home, 34-7 over the hapless St. Louis team. And again, we, we give you a preview of tomorrow's game, which I'm, I'm happy to tell you along the Voice American Network, we will not be covering the Jacksonville-Baltimore game. We feel it might be a slaughter, and it might be ugly. And uh, we can't really envision Jacksonville doing anything against the Baltimore Ravens, who have quietly amassed the fourth leading uh, offense in the league. Very uncharacteristic for Baltimore. They're known as a great defense. So, wrapping it up for this week, I'm Bruce the Sports Doc. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. And as Daniel Tosh would say, And for that, we thank you. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.